Do you ever find yourself yearning to look beyond the obvious and dreaming about what's possible in your next chapter? Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, former corporate executive who turned the page to become a best-selling author, entrepreneur, designer, and lifestyle business consultant. Episodes feature me and a kaleidoscope of guests who share their journeys with wit, candor, and humor, breathing life into real talks about things that matter most. I believe we all have a fire burning within us, waiting to be unleashed and shared with the world. It may just be a matter of time. So let's get together, turn the page, and get this adventure started. Welcome to the Next Chapter Experience. I'm your host, Jeanette Blissett, and today's guest is Clifton Halbert. Someone came along and agreed that this may be possible. Not sure, but it might be. What you heard was it might be rather than not sure. And you took it might be and took it to the level that the pyramids of Africa are now world-renowned. But initially, they were simply an idea in somebody's head. And that's what my conversations are about today, helping young people, my son being among that group, to realize that you have great gifts to be discovered. Most gifts are discovered while you're on your way discovering another one. This process is a very dynamic process that creates so many other things, but they don't happen unless you get that starting place. And all of a sudden, your own mind, go back to the mindset, your mind becomes enlarged to the possibilities of what you can accomplish. Accomplish one thing, maybe I can do two. Accomplish three things, maybe I can do four. And I, when I talk with my son, who's probably one of the top at leisure wear designers in our country, I said, Marshall, I remember when you had nothing designed, but Mrs. Obama was one of his clients. His stuff is in Paris, London, all over. But it wasn't always that way. But he lived in a house that always looked beyond the reality of where you are to the possibilities of where you can be. Absolutely. Absolutely. In your book, you outline the seven strategies for breaking the code. And I wanted to highlight some of those strategies. The first one, of course, we've talked about choose your mindset. And the second thing around gumption, uh, be determined. And then you talked a little bit about community in terms of the porch folks. Build a solid relationship bridge. 525 years ago, Leonardo da Vinci said it much more eloquently than I, that you can't accomplish anything, basically, in this world by yourself. So you really want to have others on your team, answers from them. On weekends, Leonardo da Vinci would have people from all walks of life at his house that he would feed them. But he had them there to ask questions, to discuss things for which he was described and took notes of what they were saying. Because all the things that he became able to do, much of that developed in the process of being around others and discovering that he had a quickness toward that. Maybe I can do that. This guy had about 26 things that he could do professionally 100%. Wow. It makes no sense. And you would think that he had a special sauce. I don't think he had a special sauce. 
But I think time was on his side at that place. And he realized that his inquisitiveness and his imagination and his introspective personality could get him places. He had a bad problem. He was an illegitimate child during the Italian Renaissance. He was set aside. He couldn't go to school with his brothers and sisters. So his skill set became his great gift. And with that skill set, took him 16 years. But the Mona Lisa still draws people as if it just happened yesterday. For sure, for sure. And I've seen the Mona Lisa. <laughs> and it's not a big picture. The lines are forever. You can wait in line three hours to actually just- I know. But by having community and community support and learning from those around you, thank you for that idea. Now, there was one that was really curious in terms of the seven strategies for breaking the code, and that was slow down to lead. Slow down to lead. That is very important because there are people- I think I had in my mind my great uncle who owned the ice house in Glen Allen. Slow down to lead is a conversation to the leader. It's a conversation to the person in charge. It's a conversation to the boss that there's more to life than just getting it done. But the other part of that is not just getting it done, but bringing other people to the table to allow you to accomplish what you need to accomplish. It's like leveraging your knowledge and position for the benefit of others. And you have to slow down to do that because you can be running so fast that you run past those who need your help or your guidance. And I'm saying people need you. Slow down, give yourself some time to bring others along. Thank you for that. They also say sometimes you have to go slower to go faster. Yeah. Go slow to go faster. There's two more elements of the seven strategies. Know your business health metric. Know your business. For those who are in business or starting, you want to start with the premise that this is not a game. This is life. This is a commitment. And I need to know every aspect of it. So it goes back to that learning process again, that to start a business is to be in the first grade again, kindergarten. And you're learning from that day on. And you want to know what are the the necessary matrix within your organization, within your business, that you need to clearly understand what is required of you, what is required of your team in order to truly make it work. You don't want to be guessing at that. You want to put in the time to know what is required. And that makes perfect sense. It really does. It just makes perfect sense. Some people would like for you to speed up. I know when I began this journey, some folks would ask me questions like, have you done this yet? Or are you doing this yet? And that type of thing. And my response was, it's chill for a second. I need to I need to build up momentum. I also need to understand this part of my journey. So chill, okay? And it's also understanding yourself, what your strengths and weaknesses are as well. You can capitalize on your strengths and minimize your weaknesses as it relates to getting the job done. And then, of course, there's be prepared to swim upstream. It's easy as not guaranteed, I think is what you say. Easy is yeah. not guaranteed. No, it isn't. And, uh, and upstream is not what fish normally do, except those who do. And uh, there are fish that actually swim upstream. They go against the tide. But that's when you make muscles that you didn't know you had. That's when you discover who you really, truly are, that there are things that you think you can't do. I can't swim upstream. Yes, you can, because there will be circumstances that will literally demand of you to swim against the tide, to swim against the reality of what's there and to go for it and to realize it's not going to be easy. You have to get those times of having powered lunches and powered dinners and 
all of those things that seem to be the nice things to go to happen in the world of business. And all of a sudden you get something from the accountant that says we are shy this much money or these products are not going to get there because there's a supply problem. All of a sudden you were on your way to the six o'clock happy hour, but now you got to turn around and go up this way. And this way is not what you had planned on, but it's like there will be things in life, in work, in business that you did not plan on but you have the capacity to swim upstream. And I appreciate that. In the early chapters of your book, one of the things that you say or have said that really hit home with me is that you don't have to live in the roadblock. You don't have to live in that roadblock. You have to understand how to either go over, under, around it, but you can't stay there. Don't get no, stuck. No, no. And I think over time, and that's the other part of the entrepreneurial mindset, is that you owe it to yourself to make great discovery. And you owe it to yourself to create things that aren't. And oftentimes when things go awry, that's when we have the opportunity to make discoveries. Oh, I can do another product. I can add this and it becomes this. But if everything stays the same, This is what St. Augustine said in the 6th century. He said, and I'm paraphrasing it, if you're satisfied being satisfied, there you will remain. But I say to you, keep walking, keep advancing, keep moving. That's the 6th century North African philosopher. This is what he said. And that is just as important today as it was then. If we find ourselves being very comfortable, being comfortable, we become satisfied and more likely to remain there. But to maximize our potential and to make great discoveries, we want a burr in the saddle. We don't want to be comfortable in success are two different words. They don't mean the same thing. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I'm loving this conversation. I'm loving this conversation. The seventh strategy that you mentioned in your book is to have the resolution to succeed no matter what. Yeah. And I think I drew a little bit from Abraham Lincoln on that because when he was running for the presidency of the United States at the time, he was not embraced by his party. He did not have the Eastern finesse that they were looking for. He was pretty much a browdy guy, but he was a decent human being. But I have to say that in reading about him and the relationship with Mary Todd Lincoln is that at some point he had to come to the conclusion, I am running for the presidency of the United States, not all these people who are telling me that I can't win. So you have to make your own resolution to resolve within yourself that you're at the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing. Your own resolution to succeed is more important than any other thing. You don't leave Glen Allen, Mississippi with a nine-foot cotton sack memory on your back and end up speaking in the Assembly Hall of the United Nations if you don't have a resolution to succeed. Absolutely well said. And I think that puts a period at the end of that sentence. So this is definitely fuel for anyone's dreams relative to how they see themselves and what they feel their contribution to the world is. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, Ms. Talbert, and I hope that this is not the last time that you join the Next Chapter Experience to share your breadth of and width of knowledge that you have. I think it's just a beautiful thing. And as I mentioned earlier and at the beginning of our conversation, and I'm sincere in saying that this book is the book that I needed 15 years ago when I started this journey around the mindset piece and understanding that I had the power to make a choice. And that to me is so important for young people today that are in dire circumstances to realize that the choice is still there. It may not be easy to maneuver, 
but you can maneuver. And and in case in point, do you see the photograph right behind me? If you yes. look on yes. that building, that's a major building on the campus of Talladega University in Talladega, Alabama. But what's so significant about that building? It was built for white students by enslaved people. But at the end of 1865, when enslavement had ended, there was a guy by the name of William Savory, who was born in 1835. He worked on this particular building, probably helped to create the bricks, the roof, etc. But in 1865, his mindset shifted in a flash of light. He and several friends walked from Talladega to Mobile, Alabama. So for one purpose only, to see what they could do, what they could get, what they could gather to build a school for their children. And when this particular building that they had built with their hands, the hands of enslaved people, went on the block to sell because of it had defaulted during the Civil War, the same William Savory now take another walk. No BMW, no Uber. He had to walk from Talladega to New Orleans to the Freedmen's Bureau. There he negotiated a partnership that allowed them to buy this school that he had helped to build with his enslaved hand. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's believable because you're telling me it is, but the fact of the matter is that it's remarkable. The mindset I've often asked when I give a lecture, our people were in the fields of the Delta. We saw them picking cotton. We saw them chopping the weeds from around cotton. But what we don't know, what were they thinking? What were they planning? What were they dreaming? You don't get a freedom in 1865, and 10 years later, you got a town built. Unbelievable. Very remarkable, Mr. Talbert, for all of your experiences from the Mississippi Delta to your high school experience, 100 miles a day. 100 miles round trip. Round trip, yes. Single day, then venturing to another state for additional education, getting educated in the college on a college campus, earning a master's degree, joining the military, writing your first book, co-producing a movie, writing more books, creating your own marketing and consulting company? Was it Fremont? Fremont. And that Fremont was the name of the place that my mother's great-grandparents built at the end of the Civil War in Issaquina County, Mississippi. It's called the Colored Colony, and their place was called Fremont. And I named my business after that. That's incredible. And getting the opportunity or putting yourself in the path of opportunity to introduce the Stairmaster exercise system to the world. Yeah. In fact, I talked to one of the founders of the company a couple of days ago, and he was remembering my son as a little boy running around the plant when they were trying to get Stairmaster's bill. But yeah, I was there. At, I was there at the start of that, that exercise journey. My company was there. And it's amazing. But Uncle Cleve said in Glen Allen, Mississippi, if you got gumption, you can capture the world. In fact, I was on the Stairmaster on Monday. Okay. <laughs> no lie. Okay. I was on the Stairmaster on Monday. So you inspired me to actually add that to my routine after reading your book. And the list just continues to, to go further and deeper with what you have done and accomplished in your life. So I always ask this question. I'm going to put this question out to you before we close. What's next for you? Is there a next for you? Because when I talked to you back in, I think it was August or September, and we were setting up time to actually have this conversation, you indicated to me that your schedule was packed in the month of October with speaking engagements and things of that nature. What's next for you? I'm not really sure because it's a very dynamic process. I know that my mind is prepared for what's next. I'm anticipating what's next. I'm anticipating tomorrow. I was raised to anticipate tomorrow. 
I don't know how it would look, but when tomorrow comes, I will be there. Currently, I'm working with K-12 educators, their leaders, through various programs and systems around the country, work being utilized in other countries as well. I work for the international schools for a long period of time. But my leadership conversations, I want educators to understand the power of their reach. Is not just the student sitting in front of them, but it is the person at the home from which the student comes. It's the student's life when he or she marries and grow up and raise a family and move on and on. That first grade teacher, that sixth grade teacher, that principal, that educator, that custodian at that school, I want them all to clearly understand the power of their reach because I go back in my mind and I can guarantee you, I can tell you, every teacher from Glen Allen, Mississippi that touched my life. And when I received the NAACP Image Award for Literature, I was introduced by Denzel Washington and Whitney Houston. And I remember walking up to the stage trying to think, what am I going to say? The place was packed with these incredible people from around our country. But when I got there, all I could say was they couldn't come. They were still driving tractors. The maids were still cooking. The butlers were still opening doors. But they sent me. I am their representative. So I thank you for them. Wow. Again, I thank you for you. This has been a prolific conversation. I know that our listeners will get a lot out of it. I would encourage our listeners to keep up with you on LinkedIn. Is there any other place where our listeners can contact you or find out what you're doing, what you're about? Occasionally on Facebook, but mostly on LinkedIn. Mr. Talbert, thank you so much for being a guest on the Next Chapter Experience. I greatly appreciate your time this morning. I know time is at a premium for you as well as other people. So thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Have a great day. And more importantly, have a good life. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Next Chapter Experience. If you have already subscribed, rated, and left a review, or shared this podcast with a friend, many, many thanks. For questions, comments, or feedback, reach out to me at Jeanette Lissette at nextchapterexperience.com. We'll be back with more conversations, so until then, keep that fire burning.